This is episode 603 of the AWS podcast, released on July 14, 2023. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Lisher here with you. Great to have you back. I'm joined by a special guest today. I'm joined by Art Baudot, who is a Principal Product Marketing Manager here at AWS. G'day, Art. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how you doing, Simon? It's nice to be here. It's a pleasure. I'm excited to talk. Yeah, it's good to talk uh, from opposite sides of the world about a fundamental thing that exists in the world and how we use it. We're talking silicon today. But before we get into the guts of silicon, um, Besides being things that you find on the beach, what is silicon art? Yeah, so silicon is something, you know, the, the beach analogy I like to, to use, as you mentioned, because it gives people a new idea that it's, you know, when you go to the beach, it's uh, all of that could potentially be computing power at some point <laughs> in time, right? It's like a whole bunch of computers waiting to be used. Uh, silicon is what we basically what we use to create the chips the computer chips that power the world essentially and at amazon i've been privileged to work on so many of those computer chips that we work on here and i think a lot of people simon don't even realize that both of us work at a company that actually designs and architects and produces silicon ourselves as a as a matter of fact um since we started deploying our own silicon, we've actually deployed more than 20 million pieces of silicon since wow. uh, only back in 2016. So, you know, it only it, that not only does that show how much we've shipped, but it also shows how big the AWS network is when you need that kind of silicon as well to power it. Well, let's let's talk about the the, the kinds of, of silicon. Yeah, you know, we've we've got a, a day devoted to silicon that our, our yeah. listeners can really dive deep on but let's let's give a flavor of of the type of silicon because there's kind of silicon in all different things and peripherals and core devices etc what do we develop in-house for our customers yeah so first we have four different types of silicon that we do and we work on or four different silicon product lines that amazon is responsible for but before i mention uh what those are i I do want to cover for people that Silicon for the cloud, the reason we do silicon at Amazon, Simon, is, is, is that we're trying to design something that's purpose-built. It's purpose-built for exactly what our customers need. And what that does is, is it allows us to deliver and deliver to customers' expectations, meet customers' requirements. And customers on a daily basis turn to folks like yourself, Simon, and me and say, you know, they want more performance, they need more cost savings. And they have specific requirements. And, you know, in this world, when you're looking to do something, you know, don't you want something that's purpose-built for that exact specific purpose? And and that's what we do at Amazon. We have been fixated on what customers have asked us to do. And that's one of the reasons that we develop and design silicon for the cloud. Well, I I think it's interesting just just on that point too, is is there's this real sort of dichotomy between the sort of general purpose silicon that gets you the scale you need to be able to produce it in a cost-effective fashion and a commercially viable fashion versus that desire to, but if only we had this chip that did this one thing really, really well, that you can only do though if you've got the the scale to to, to power that. And because of the, the trust our customers put in us, we're kind of in that lucky position where we can make some of those trade-off choices and say, well, we can build a chip that focuses on one particular workload because so many folks want that one workload, but they couldn't afford to have their own chip for themselves. But then with another, you know, 100,000 customers makes it viable for us. So there's some interesting economics at play there too. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting economics and both 
I, I might add that because of those economics, we also pass on a lot of savings and cost savings to customers. Now, I mean, if you look at those four lines of chips, let's talk about the one that many people, if you've mm. heard of an Amazon chip that you've you've heard of it, you may have heard of our Amazon or the AWS, the Graviton platform. That's probably one of the chips that people, if you've heard of one from Amazon, you may have heard of that. So Graviton is our CPU processing chip, as a matter of fact, and that chip has delivered cost savings to customers. So customers, depending upon the version of Graviton, you could be saving as between 20 and 40% in cost versus the same performance in some of the other non-ARM-based uh, architectures that are out there. And so what do we do? We have that cost savings. We pass that cost savings on to customers. So if you're using the cloud, you get better performance at a lower cost. Our design of Graviton also saves on energy as well. Mm -hmm. So Simon, I think, as I said to someone else the other day, you know, the best energy that you have is the energy that you don't use, right? Totally. So if you don't use it, so imagine getting the exact same processing power for less energy, right? I mean, that's one of the things that we offer with Graviton. So some of the, one of my favorite words in the world, uh, Simon, is efficiency. And that's efficiency is obtained by, you know, designing something specifically and purposely built for the cloud. You are able to deliver the most efficient system to somebody by doing that, right? But the other thing, that happens is, is, is that you're able to efficiently handle our silicon innovation and to be able to be more sustainable in this case as well. So that innovation and that efficiency drives the innovation. The other thing that efficiency, I think efficiency in silicon, one of the things I like to think about is scale here. Back, we, the Graviton 3 processors contain over 50 billion transistors on them. And that's a chip, you know, not too much bigger than the size of your fingernail or probably your thumbnail, right? I mean, 50 billion transistors on there. That mm. That is an astonishing number that is, that is in that kind of space. And that's part of that purpose-built silicon that we've designed for the cloud to drain that efficiency uh, out and, and to deliver that efficiency for customers. And I think just on the, on the Graviton chipset, which are, and we'll, we'll jump into some of the others soon too. The, one of the things I really like about that is, is, as you say, you know, you're getting better price performance, lower power utilization. But the other thing I, I really like is that kind of what I call the easy button that we have for our customers where, for example, if you're using RDS or using Lambda, you can just click the button to say, hey, use this alternate chipset and with very little effort, you get the savings straight away. And especially with things like RDS where you're using a lot of CPU the ability to dramatically improve price performance and cut power costs is it's a big win without very little, with very little effort yeah and and that is what makes it really easy to get started is is the aws managed services that are out there right so it makes it even easier you don't have to be a an expert in any sort of uh, architecture. In this case, Graviton uses the ARM architecture. Some people are probably familiar with x86. You may have heard of Intel before, Simon. Uh, they use x86 to design their chips. But you know, if you use a managed service, you can get started. One of the things, the beauties of the managed services, such as RDS that you mentioned, you know, you're, there's an abstraction there. You don't necessarily need to know what is in that underlying architecture. But the one thing that you do get is this is you get the ability to save on cost. And so just simply moving from one of the x86 instances over to the Graviton instances can mm -hmm. result in immediate mm -hmm. cost savings for not a lot of effort. Actually, yeah, almost no effort. It's like nearly no nothing. Effort. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I always tell people don't don't tell your boss how easy it is before you do it. So, you know, it took That's right. weeks of effort. Look at look how much I've saved. In reality, you've been in the Bahamas for a week, you know, you, you clicked one checkbox and life is good. But, That's uh, right. Exactly. Or in Australia for the week. Yeah, well, Bondi let's, Beach let's, or not, something, let's not give away my secrets here. Yeah, um, no, 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 not at all. What, what about the mm. other types? So we talked about Graviton, which is kind of your general purpose cloud mm. computing right. GPU. What else? Are we so, the, so the next one is, is I'll take two together. They fall in the category of our generative AI platforms. So, you know, one of the things, once we were doing this work on the CPU side, we realized that one of the areas that people are looking at is getting into artificial intelligence or AI. But there's two components, Simon, of AI or artificial intelligence in this perspective is, is, is one is training and the other is inferencing. So you have to train a model and then draw certain inferences from the models that you have. So we have silicon that is available for both that we call Trainium to do the training and the other is inferencing. So it's the inferencing and you use kind of both of these pieces of silicon or you would use the silicon together. And actually Inferentia and our Trainium chips actually use many, many Inferentia, pieces of Inferentia silicon and, infer- and training silicon to actually accomplish the training. So when you sign up to use those instances, you get a broad array of those that are out there, Simon. And so those are useful for for those very specific needs, which you know we we know that AIML has huge processing requirements on on absolutely. On the like you know what, I, one of the examples I like to use, Simon, is this is back here. I'm based in the U.S. Uh, coming to you today from Seattle, as a matter of fact. But back in the day, I don't know, Simon, if this was the case where you live, but we used to carry these cards around every time I went to the grocery store. You, you'd swipe a card when you exited the grocery store, ostensibly to get you a quote discount. But what was happening? The the grocery store was attempting to learn a certain amount of information about their customers, perhaps specifically about our Bauto or Simon or what have you. And they're trying to give recommendations or do something with the product. But, you know, 20 years ago, they were collecting this information, but there wasn't the processing power to, to actually be able to do much with the information. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, frequently I get a recommendation for the local pizza shop that maybe we didn't eat pizza, for example, although I do happen to enjoy pizza, Simon. But, you know, you get the idea. The recommendations yeah, yeah. didn't necessarily We're, align. Yeah. But now with Inferentia and Tradium, what are we able to do? You need, you're collecting lots of data. The problem back then was you're collecting a lot of data, but you weren't able to act on it or compile it or do something with it. Now, with the advancement in processing power that we have and the advancements in memory to be able to store that data and act on it, advancements such as things like S3 and our other memory storage devices that Amazon offers, you can use a combination of an inferencing and a training module to be able to create training. And, you know, we have a great example of a customer assignment that I talked about at Silicon Innovation Day last year. They gave us a video, a company out of Japan called Money Forward. And they interface with a large amount of corporate customers to do financial information. And one of the things that they were able to do is is they used an AI bot to be able to help provide customers with recommendations and information and interface with them as well to provide more accuracy. And that's one of the things that you can do is is be able to help provide people with, you know, specific targeted information that helps your customers. And so we've talked about three kinds and you mentioned there's four kinds of of silicon that we should be thinking about. What's lucky number four? 
So lucky number four is actually it's not a product line that our customers are going to purchase from us. It's part of our AWS Nitro system. And it's actually a combination of chips that Amazon has. And typically every single one of our servers has a minimum of one Nitro chip card that's there comprised of multiple Nitro chips. And frequently most of our cards in backplane have multiple chips that are there or cards that are that are present. And the Nitro system was something that actually is the innovation, Simon, that began our road to silicon creation. Back in 2012, some of our executives, uh, Peter DeSantis, who is now our senior vice president for handles all of our compute, and James Hamilton, one of our fellows, they were kind of having conversations about you know, this desire to do some increased security and potentially remove some operations from how we had to find our chips back then. And they were going to create a dongle. But the idea turned out to be the genesis of what we realized that by offloading a whole bunch of stuff off of our primary CPU platforms to these backends, this allows us to deliver the best possible performance for customers. And this allowed the cloud to be able to deliver near bare metal performance. So when you work with Amazon, one of the things you get on our chips is, is near bare metal performance. And if you test our chips out, you actually get the entire CPU is dedicated to our customers. And all of the backend and the hypervisor are something that is offloaded. And that allows certain security capabilities, but it has also allowed us a tremendous pace of innovation, Simon, as well. When we, when we started this journey with our silicon, we had 70 instances. And today we have more than 600 that are out there. Mm. And some people could sit here, Simon, and say 600. Wow, that's that's overwhelming. But I would tell you that 600 is a sign of one, the amount of innovation that we've been able to do, but two, the better needs we've been able to meet of customers. The more of that, we started talking about how you design things purpose-built for somebody and I better meet your need. Well, the more instances I have, the better I have been able at Amazon to meet our customer needs and to deliver targeted and efficient usages of our instances and of our platforms dedicated to our customers. And that is our goal, is to be able yeah. to make it easier and more simplistic to join and do something in the cloud. And a lot of that does does happen behind the scenes. I think, you know, we've Absolutely. spoken about Nitro on the show in the past and, and it, it's been interesting where, you know, it, it contributes a whole lot of benefits like, as you mentioned, that, that ability to encrypt at near wire speed and to improve the performance of network connections and to drop packet loss or, or jitter, et cetera. All these quality of life things that you have, a huge amount of engineering goes into them, but really as a customer, I don't really care as long as it happens, but it's really important to me that it happens. So maybe tell us a bit about the, the development process for these different kinds of silicon. Like where, where does AWS develop this? Where does it happen? Tell us a bit about the process. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I'd like to talk about when we talk about this assignment is, is, is that, you know, we own our own silicon team. It's uh, We had purchased a company back in 2016 called Annapurna Labs, and they actually design and develop that silicon from our architectural phase to testing. As a matter of fact, you know, we actually even test our own silicon in the cloud itself, in the AWS cloud. As a matter of fact, it's not done in any on-premise data center or anything like that. And the reason I bring that up is, is, you know, when I started working in silicon, you know, and design development more than 25 years ago now, Simon, um, you know, we used to do everything and wait for a piece of silicon to come back. But I think I, you may have heard me earlier mention that Graviton 3 has 50 billion transistors in it. You can't wait for a piece of silicon to come back no, to test out. That. 
right? To error check it out, right? So what do we do? We design software. And in this case, we call it electronic design automation, also known as EDA. And that runs through millions and millions of mathematical calculations to verify the circuitry that's on there. And essentially, to make it really, really simplistic, we're essentially trying to make sure that when we test things out, Simon, that one plus one really is two. Or in the case of, you know, we're getting a lot with 50 billion transistors, we're getting a lot more complicated math problems that we're testing and we're delivering to customers. But the objective is to test it to make sure that we verify the answers. And how do we do that? We simulate that using this electronic design automation software. We do that in the cloud. And we do that here at Amazon. And then we actually produce our own silicon using some of the latest silicon uh, technology processing nodes in the world that are out there. We're operating at the nanometer level, just like you know many of other people that have produced silicon for us. And Annapurna Labs is a fully integrated piece of Amazon. And most of that team is here in the Amazon EC2 space, working with us, helping us to design these chips. And I think that that pace of innovation is really important it's for tremendous. customers because we, we yeah. tighten that feedback loop between what customers are doing, what they need, and then they're getting it really fast. And as you say, traditional approaches to silicon development because of a whole bunch of very good reasons was really slow, really long, huge lead times, like you know years and years of, of planning and building, et cetera. Whereas the, the way the team has really changed that whole mental model is to really tighten up that feedback loop based upon the fact that we're getting great information back from our customers telling us, hey, we really need this, that, or the other. And we have this system that allows us to develop end-to-end very quick. And I think that that brings its own sort of positive reinforcement that we've seen over the years now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things, you know, that you'll hear at Silicon Innovation Day, you'll hear actually from Nafa Bashara, who's one of the founders of Annapurna Labs, and he'll talk about how Annapurna Labs actually set out to do a different way of development. You know, I mentioned the before way where we used to do, test our own hardware silicon. But, you know, there is in, the, in, in my life, you know, a lot of us in the uh, engineering space, Electrical engineering is kind of electrical and computer, and we've been, you know, the two disciplines, Simon, are fairly closely associated with each other. But, you know, the hardware side of that was always like by itself and the software Mm -hmm. side or the computer side, we kept these kind of like this kind of a neutral line down the center of sorts. And the software side is somebody who also did software architecture for a period of time, as well as this, you know, we did things like agile programming and faster development runs, and we did sprints and stuff like that, where you do... But on the hardware side, a lot of that for many, many years didn't change. And one of the secret sauces that Annapurna Labs has brought into this is brought some of that software mindset into that hardware business as much as possible. And that has allowed the team to be even more nimble. I mean, just think, you know, since 2018, they've produced three generations of Graviton. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a tremendous number of generations. And here we're sitting in 2023, Simon, talking about this. And they started Graviton 3 deployment in 2022. I mean, that's a tremendous efficiency. You know, within four years, you've started deployment of four separate, sil- three separate, excuse me, silicon lines that are out yeah. there. It's huge. It's, 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 it's really super beneficial. So obviously there's a lot in it for our customers. If, if folks want to go super deep, how can they learn more and, and where should they be looking? Absolutely. So we're going to have a day devoted to this. It's Silicon Innovation Day. We're going to do that on June 21st, 2023. We'll do it. It will start live 
here at 9 a.m. Pacific time, noon Eastern time in the U.S. And it's available for anybody. You can come in, join us virtually live. So our sessions here will be live. We'll be, you know, responding to chat and feedback sessions. And then for anybody who is unavailable to join us on the 21st, all of the content is also available in a video on demand side as well. And how you can watch us, Simon, on the day of will be at twitch.tv slash AWS on air. And so once again, that's twitch.tv slash AWS on air. And you can take a look at any of our content. And afterward, we will place all of our content and make it available on both YouTube. It'll also be available on twitch.tv slash AWS on air as well for customers to take a look at, for anybody to take a look at and learn more. And we'll have people, as I mentioned, Nafa Bashara will join us, but we'll also have Dave Brown, who is the VP who runs Amazon EC2, joining us. And we'll have Anthony Lagori, who is our fellow and VP who was responsible for the Nitro system architecture. And we're actually going to do a cool thing, Simon, where Anthony, who has largely done a lot of that software architecture of our hypervisor and stuff like that, he'll be joined by one of our hardware architects, Ali Saudi. Oh. And together, they're going to have this back and forth. So we're going to truly try to create that combination. And then later in the day, as the time goes on, we'll talk a little bit more deep dive about our some of our generative AI platforms. We'll talk about our Graviton platform. And we'll also give people an idea of how to get started and uh, some customer examples as well. And you'll also get to hear from a couple of analysts who talk about you know the importance of silicon in the cloud. Mm, so lots of, lots of great information. There'll be links to everything in the show notes. You better access it as Art mentioned, either live or after the event as well. So you have the choice. You you won't miss out. There's just too much good stuff there. Hey, Art, thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us all about it. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun, Simon, and I'd, I'm happy to come back anytime. Fantastic. And as ever, we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And until next time, keep on building.